Good morning. My name is Charlotte Hasselbarth. I'll be your liturgist this morning. I would like to draw your attention to a few things in the sanctuary. One is there is an activity at the children's table in the back of the sanctuary. We're decorating cards to be given to a senior center in Rensselaer. And there's instructions on what needs to get done and all the, the items needed for the project are there. I'd also like to draw everyone's attention to our newly created visitor center, which is in the back of the sanctuary. We have a place where visitors can leave their contact information so that we may reach out to them. And also extra copies of a flyer, informational flyer about our church and also the December newsletter. Plus there's a sign-up sheet for cookies for the cookie walk next week. Grace to you and peace. From, the God, from God the Creator and from Jesus Christ, our Teacher and Redeemer, and from the Holy Spirit who binds us together in Christian worship. I want to welcome everyone to worship this morning, whether you were here in person or joining us online. We are so glad to have you cho- that you have chosen to worship with us today. When we gather together as a community of faith, we do so remembering Jesus' promise in the Gospel of Matthew that whenever two or more are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Now, as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I would invite you to use the words in the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude.
A survey was sent out a few weeks ago in which the question was asked, what brings you joy? From the voices of different generations, hear their answers. Watching my children play in the snow at my grandmother's house. Waking each morning to a new day. Sharing a meal with family and friends. Phone calls with family. A challenging conversation with a friend. Using talents God gave me. Spending time with family and friends. Cooking for others. Surprising others with special gifts. Worship services. Music. Lots of music. Recalling childhood memories. My morning cup of tea. The personal relationships I have built. Flowers. My kids going to Oklahoma football games with me. Solving questions. Being accepted for who I am. Spending time outside. A clean kitchen. My partner's laugh. The end of my to-do list. Baby giggles. Today we light the candle of joy. May its light remind us of all the good news this season brings. May its light remind us of the many sources of joy in our lives. And may that joy not only draw us closer to one another, but closer to God. Family of faith, what brings you joy? Amen. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join our voices together in singing hymn number 88, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and we will sing verses 1, 2, 6, and 7. We're not going to sing all seven. The first two and the last two.
Let us pray. God of joy, each week we come ever closer to you. We feel our hearts quickening with excitement at the approach of Jesus' birth. May our souls magnify you as Mary's did. May your lives point to yours as John's did. May we remain patient, listening for your word and your spirit, even as we prepare for the Christmas celebration with hope, peace, joy, and love, we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. A series of experiments by Princeton psychologists Janine Willis and Alexander Todorov taught the world that it only takes a tenth of a second for us to form an impression of a stranger. In other words, it only takes a tenth of a second for us to look at someone's face and determine a stereotype about who they are. With decisions happening that quickly, it is not hard to imagine why we might need this moment for confession. The prayer of confession is an opportunity to slow down. We take that tenth of a second and give it room to breathe. We reflect on the decisions that we have made this past week, and we ask for God's mercy to be in all of them. And without fail, God wiggles God's self into the cracks of our lives, and we are made better for it. So with that confidence, let us go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Please join me, join me in the prayer of confession. God of mercy, a million times a day, we have the opportunity to be gracious, to assume the best in others, to give the benefit of the doubt. A million times a day, we could choose the better way, but so often we don't. Fear and greed kick in. Assumptions and insecurities take the wheel. Comparison and critique lead the charge. Forgive us for forgetting that we are descendants of Joseph. Forgive us for forgetting that grace and mercy are in our blood. Forgive us for forgetting that we all belong to you. Give us the courage to love even bigger than before, and the wisdom to choose a better way. Amen. These are the words of assurance. Family of faith, hear this good news. We who have chosen wrong are given a second chance. We have, who have lost our way are welcome into community. We who feel alone are seen, held, and known. This is the good news of the gospel. No matter, no matter how, how many, many times we choose wrong or choose our way, God continues to be a God of second chances community, and love. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Amen. In the joy of this good news, let us pass the peace we have received with one another this morning. The peace of Christ be with you. And, and also, also with you. Please listen to the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Holy God, scripture tells us that you came to Joseph through an angel, loud and clear, impossible to miss. Scripture also tells us that Joseph listened. He rearranged his life to follow your invitation. God, we long for that, all of that. We long to hear your voice loud and clear, impossible to miss. We long for invitations to something more, something deeper. We long to be like Joseph and find the courage to follow. So clean out our ears, brush the dust off our hearts, trace us back to our roots, back to Joseph, who heard and followed. With gratitude we listen. Amen.
Our first reading this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly with rejoy- and rejoice with joy and shouting. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, Be strong, do not fear, here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be opened. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of the jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we sing a better way, which is an insert in your bulletin.
From the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. The birth of Jesus the Messiah. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel. Which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. A word of God for the people of God. A few months ago, I had the opportunity to catch up with a friend from seminary who is currently serving a church downstate in Kingston. Looking at the map, we sat on Hudson to meet up for a late breakfast as a sort of halfway point. I still think she could have come a little bit further north. I looked forward to this trip, not just because I would be seeing Kendra for the first time in a couple of years, but also because it meant returning to Hudson, where my family lived when I was four through fifth grade, when my dad was the pastor at First Reformed Church in Hudson. The traffic that morning was much lighter than I had anticipated, so I arrived in town about a half hour early and decided on a little and literal drive down memory lane. I drove by the church, by my old elementary school, past the Stewarts where mom would send me to go buy milk when I got old enough. And then I drove up Aiken Avenue to the corner where our old house stood. I have so many beautiful memories of that big, beautiful old house. But it didn't look the same. Change, as most of us know, comes whether we like it or not. It no longer had a stucco exterior, which I thought was so cool and unique, but a boring white paneling. The swing set my parents had put up for my siblings and I was gone, probably rusted away to dust. <clears throat> But there, in the front yard, was a pine tree that I remember planting when I was seven years old. It was a mere sapling then, this high maybe, but now it towered nearly past the windows on the second floor of the house. Sure, it could have used some pruning, but there it stood. And I marveled for a moment that while so much had changed on that block and probably very few people who lived there when we lived there still remained, that tree stood there. The seventh generation principle is based on an ancient Haudenosaunee philosophy that the decisions we make today should result in a sustainable world seven generations into the future. Roughly speaking, one generation would be you, the second generation, your children, 
the third generation, your grandchildren, the fourth generation, your great-grandchildren, and so on. This means with every decision that we make, we must consider how it will impact those seven generations ahead of us. Will this decision sustain our descendants? Will this decision damage our descendants? A philosophy of this nature strikes me as being completely antithetical to our world today. When so much of life is put in terms of competition and individualism and what's best for me, being challenged to think beyond ourselves or even beyond our children and grandchildren is radical in its scope. And I think that is what Matthew has so expertly done by placing this story about Joseph and his encounter in a dream with an angel directly after the genealogy of Jesus. It is forcing Joseph and us to recall the stories of Joseph's ancestors, Abraham, Jacob, Boaz, David, and remembering how they responded or resisted God's intervention in their lives. We know Joseph's intention before the dream to dismiss Mary quietly, to abandon his partner, to view her as being unfaithful to the marriage contract and punish her. His instinct for self-preservation of his reputation mostly was really, really powerful. We can even see him toying with the choice to publicly disgrace or humiliate her. Yet he remembers. He remembers the choices of his ancestors. The good choices and the bad. Like Boaz's choice to wed Ruth, despite her being a foreigner and a widow. Or David's assault of Bathsheba and the horrific consequences of that act. Of Judah and his brothers to sell their younger brother, another Joseph, into slavery. Or that same Joseph's choice to drive a spoke into the wheel of generations of family dysfunction by forgiving his brothers and embracing them in love. Joseph learned from and was inspired by his ancestors in equal parts. What are the choices we can make today and every day that will bring forth healing and joy seven generations from now? What choices can we make each day to bring forth God's holy way as the prophet sang to us this morning? When we engage in this kind of intergenerational awareness, we recognize the innate threads that link us across time. We are the result of seven generations prior. We have an impact on those who still exist seven generations away from us into the future. In fact, there is research that shows the reverberating impacts of historic traumas that may even have implications beyond seven generations to a dozen or more. Researchers have evidence that massive generational trauma, such as the genocidal policies of the transatlantic slave trade 
or against the First, First Nations of North America, the Holocaust or genocides in Armenia and Rwanda can potentially be passed down epigenetically for over a dozen generations, literally altering the genetic instructions of a family's DNA for centuries. A dozen generations. There are people living today who are grandchildren of formerly enslaved Africans living in our nation. A separation of two generations. Joseph challenges us to choose a better way. To embrace the angel's words, to not be afraid. Like that angel told us last week, do not be afraid. Because to choose this path does invite risk. It risks our reputations, our livelihoods, sometimes even our very lives. It interrupts our complacency and acceptance of how things are for a new vision of wilderness blooms, of water in the desert, of eyes opened, of ears unstopped. I hope that Joseph eventually realized that doing right by Mary should not have necessitated divine intervention. I hope we might be a people who do not need convincing that there is a better way. Because there is. And we are invited today and every day of our lives to choose it. Let us choose to plant a tree today that seven generations from now our descendants might sit beneath it for no other reason than to relish the shade it lends. Amen. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we affirm our faith using the words in the bulletin. We believe in a God who offers second chances and does not hold grudges. We believe in a God who opens the door to new life and leaves the porch light on for us when we get lost. We believe in a God who believes in us, believes that we can make a difference, that we can choose grace over comparison, love over hate, peace over war. And so we strive to live our lives in love. We strive to listen as Joseph listened, and to be the people that God calls us to be. It's all that easy, and it's all that hard. This we believe. Amen. Please be seated. And I want to invite Ray to come forward for an announcement before I go to the minute for mission. This is a thank you to all of you who have donated through CC's Wool towards the mitten tree, who've stopped by the shop. We are doing a weave-a-thon for um, the Albany Coalition for the Homeless for the um, local veterans. Thursday from 10 to 8 o'clock at the weaving workshop at CC's Wool, we will be weaving scarves. If you missed a chance to weave with me in the front of the church for the paraments, you are welcome to stop by any time. New weavers, old weavers, come and help us out, please. Thank you.
for our minute for mission this morning, which we are in the midst of the season of Christmas joy for the denomination special offering, I want to tell a story. The Reverend Sunjay Jung heard God's call loud and clear, although maybe not so clearly at first. When I heard about a Korean-American Presbyterian church in the Atlanta area, my first answer was, I don't think that's my calling. Since I was living in Korea at the time, my first answer was no, he said. Then they contacted me again and told me the church was in a university city. I remembered being an international student in America when I was young and how much the church there helped me. He continued, serving as a minister in Korea, I remember praying that if I ever had a chance to help international students the way the church helped me when I was at Iowa State University, I would take it. I talked with my wife and our senior pastor in Korea, who said they thought this was a good calling for me. After praying some more, we decided to come serve this church. The Athens Korean Presbyterian Church's mission is to welcome and serve the larger university, and especially the Korean community. It is not a big-budget congregation, as most of its members are young and transitory. But Reverend Jung couldn't possibly have anticipated the impact that COVID would have on both the congregations and his family's finances when they moved to Athens in December 2019. With the arrival of the pandemic the next March, not only did the church cease all its in-person activities and move Sunday worship to a streaming platform, like so many of us, but the whole town practically shut down. Because Reverend Jung serves the congregation on a religious visa, he is not permitted to earn income beyond that of his ministry, and the family found itself struggling to make ends meet. In December 2021, Reverend Jung sought and received an emergency grant split between the assistance program and the Board of Pensions and Northeast Georgia Presbytery. This grant was made possible in part by the Christmas Joy Offering, which distributes gifts equally to the assistance program and to Presbyterian-related schools and colleges equipping communities of color. Reverend Jung said, I thank the denomination for the help from the Christmas Joy Offering. I can say that after going through such a difficult time last winter, the big burden on me and my family was lifted. Sometimes we all could use a little help. And those who serve our church are certainly no different. Please give what you can to the Christmas joy offering, for when we all do a little, it adds up to a lot. These special offering envelopes will be in your bulletins beginning next week. Uh, and we will collect it and dedicate it and celebrate it on Epiphany Sunday, which we are celebrating on January 8th. Let's lift up a short prayer. Thank you, God, for providing for your children in times of plenty and in times of need. Thank you for the opportunities to serve your people and to bring your care to those around us. Amen. May the joy we celebrate on this day help us to remember our many blessings. From that rich store, let us give back to God a portion of what we have been giving.
us pray. God of promises and joy, receive these gifts we return to you now. Bless this offering that our gifts may be signs of joy and hope for others in need. Amen. Before we move into a time of prayer, I want to lift up a couple of things. Uh, we are moving into uh, the busiest time of the busiest season of the year. Uh, and we have a lot going on here at church. Uh, this Friday, we will be hosting an intergenerational uh, cra Advent craft night. Uh, everyone is welcome. We will have uh, food uh, to share. Uh, if you are able to join us and can let us know, uh, that would be helpful in planning for food. Uh, the only thing you need to bring are copies of pictures of you and your family, multiple pictures. And if you need to make copies, we can do that here, um, but we're, the originals that you're going to want to keep, you're not going to want to bring those because we're going to be cutting. Um, but uh, it's, it's shaping up to be a really fun evening. Um, it'll be good. Then on Saturday, we will be having hosting a cookie walk as a fundraiser. Uh, we are still accepting bakers. Uh, as Charlotte pointed out, there is a sign-up sheet in the back uh, at the welcome station. Um, or you can reach out to Elena and let her know as well. Um, and then on Sunday, uh, in the afternoon at 4 o'clock, we will be having what is known as a longest night service. Uh, December 21st is officially the longest night of the year, uh, but uh, this is a service that is intentionally creating space for those who might be having trouble finding the joy in the season. Everywhere you turn, there are lights and glitter and tinsel and carols singing, and sometimes it's hard to feel that. Uh, particularly for those who have lost loved ones this past year or in years past, uh, those who might be suffering from seasonal depression, whatever it is, you are welcome here at that service uh, at 4 o'clock next Sunday here in the sanctuary. Uh, it is always one of my favorite services. It's very uh, moving and quiet and intentional, and uh, it should be really, really good. And then it's Christmas Eve. It's coming, whether we're ready or not. Um, Christmas Eve, we will be having worship here in the sanctuary at 4 o'clock. Um, everyone is welcome. Invite your friends, your families, your neighbors, people you meet on the street. Uh, everyone is welcome to this candlelight service. Trudy, I saw your hand jumping up. So dig through your couch cushions uh, and your car seats uh, for all of your coins. We will be collecting for two cents a meal next Sunday in worship. Now we turn our hearts and our minds toward God. Uh, family of faith, what are our joys and concerns to lift up this morning? Pete.
Yes, for, for those of you who haven't heard, Mark has passed on uh, the duties of editing the newsletter to Kim in the church office. Uh, he was not fired. Uh, But Mark, uh, for your years of dedication to that, for keeping it going through thick and thin, and for putting up with pastors who often missed deadlines, we thank you. Marianne. So uh, Marianne lifts up uh, prayers for her brother's father-in-law, Leo, uh, who is nearing the, the end of his life uh, in hospice care. We, uh, we pray for him and for all of his family as they surround him. And we pray for traveling mercies for you and George as you travel to Canada to pick up Michael for the holidays. Others. Cindy. Thank you, uh, Cindy, and for, for you for coordinating the Angel Tree gifts. Uh, we are so grateful that you do this every year. Uh, there are five gifts left for the Angel Tree. Um, if you uh, feel so moved to adopt one of these folks, uh, it means a lot. Others. Hannah. So the first prayer request from Hannah uh, for uh, the brother of a co-worker, Michael, who was just diagnosed with uh, lung and liver cancer, for a childhood friend who is also struggling with a recent diagnosis of cancer, Stephen, and I, I didn't catch the name of the second one. Paul. Paul. Uh, the father of a, of a friend who uh, has uh, some health issues, Paul, we pray for him. Ta- Pam. Yes. And for Hannah's cousin, Pam, uh, who uh, has struggles with MS. Um, yes, we, we keep all of them in prayer. Betty. Yes, uh, traveling mercies for everyone who will be traveling home uh, this season. Today is a reminder that winter is coming. I wasn't quite ready for it. Any others? Karen. Karen lifts up Milo is walking it's a joy and a concern (laughs) because now he's going to get into everything (laughs) even more than he probably already was (laughs) Laura 
Laura lifts up uh, thanksgivings for their daughter, Betsy, who has uh, recovered from her second bout with COVID. Uh, praise God for that. Uh, we're so glad that she's finally feeling better. That's, that's a hard road. Friends, let us lift all of this up to God. God of stepfathers and adopted parents. God of angel messengers and newborn kings. We bow our heads today with praise on our lips. For who else but you would pick two ordinary folks to be God's parents? And who else but you would be patient enough to lead Mary and Joseph back to one another? And who else but you would assume the best of fragile human hearts? The answer is no one, for you alone are our God. And in your grace and in your devotion, you open the door for us to see a new day. So today we pray. Help us to be like Joseph who reminds us that grace is within reach. In a world full of competition, help us choose celebration. In a world full of scarcity, help us choose abundance. In a world of war and violence, help us choose peace and grace. In a world of divided lines, help us choose connection and relationship. In a world of quick assumptions and stereotypes, help us choose curiosity and compassion. And in our striving to choose a better way, God, may we be transformed. May this story of Joseph rattle something loose in us. May this story of Joseph help us drop the need to be right or to be the best, or to have it all figured out. And instead, may it draw us closer to authenticity and you. May this story of imperfection sow grace into our bones. May we catch glimpses of your love in the world. May we shake off the dust of our old selves and live into something new. And may we be a little more like Joseph, but mainly may we be a little more like you. God, this morning we lift up to you all of these prayers that we have, that we have spoken out loud. We pray that you would be with Leo and his family as he enters the last stages of this life and prepares to move into your arms. We pray for all of those who are in need this Advent season, that we would tune to the need and respond to it with joy and gladness. We pray for those who are dealing with cancer, for Michael and for Stephen and for so many other names known to us. We pray for Paul and for Pam and for all those who are struggling with illnesses of all shapes. We pray that you would be with all of them, that you would hold them close to your heart, help them to know your presence, help them to know your love. We pray for those who are recovering, and we give thanks for Betsy having recovered from this bout with COVID. We pray that this, this return to health would be an answer to prayer. We pray for traveling mercies for everyone who is traveling, whether to pick up kids from school or for those same children who are traveling home maybe for the first time, maybe for the 10th. 
we ask that you would guide their steps and keep their paths clear, that they would arrive safely to homes filled with love and warmth. And God, we thank you for little babies who are learning to walk. We thank you for allowing us to watch them as they explore this world and learn more about it. God, it is one of the most beautiful of pleasures, and we thank you for that. God, this morning, we hold hope in our hearts, and it is with that hope that we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit to sing our final hymn, number 123. It came upon the midnight clear, and we will sing verses 1, 3, and 5. This place may you go knowing that from generation to generation we have been claimed and loved from generation to generation 
God has been by our side. From generation to generation, we are not alone. The God of yesterday and the God of tomorrow knows you by name, loves you, and calls you forth, saying, Go, be the person you are called to be. Love wildly, do justice, and come back soon. May it be so. And may you always remember who you are and whose you are. Amen.